Good morning. Good morning and welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby and it is a joy and a privilege to be gathered this morning as brothers and sisters in Christ. We come together to worship our Lord and Savior today on this beautiful Sunday morning. I want to welcome each and every one of you who are joining us today, whether it's in person or if you're joining us online. It is um, just wonderful to be together, whether near or far. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, I want to extend a special welcome. Um, please uh, get to know one another after the service and say hello, check in. If you're joining us online, let us know you're here as well. Um, but I'm so thankful today that we can come together. And I'm also thankful for all our folks who help make this service happen. You know, I get to stand up here and get all the credit, but there are so many that are at work behind the scenes. And we had to make a quick flip last night covering our um, streaming and audiovisual. And everybody said, yep, and jumped right in and did it. So I appreciate all those who are putting in the work behind the scenes to make our service happen each and every week. Also, a few announcements and reminders as we get started. Please check our church Facebook page and web page for upcoming announcements. Um, the service times for Holy Week did go out in the e-blast this week, but I will continue to remind you of those as we get closer and closer. Holy Week is beginning uh, March 28th, that is Monday, Thursday, and we will have, have self-guided prayer stations here in the church between 9 and 11 a.m. and 6 and 8 p.m. So any um, time in those two time frames, you can come in, move through those prayer stations, which will be up here in the sanctuary at your own pace, um, spend some time in here in prayer, and then go on your way. And then Friday evening, Good Friday, March 29th at 7 p.m., we will have a Good Friday worship service here in the sanctuary. And then we'll gather again on Sunday morning, bright and early. Our Easter sunrise service will happen at 7.30 a.m. here in the sanctuary, followed by a breakfast from 8 to 9 a.m., an Easter egg hunt for the kids at 9.15, and then our resurrection worship service at 10 a.m. So we'll spend the day together on Easter Sunday, but please keep your eye out for those as those continue to come through the email. A few other announcements. We do have bulletins on the music stand near the main sanctuary doors in the back. Also our offering box if you would like to give financially to the ministry and missions of our church. And we appreciate your generosity, the work that you allow us to do both in our community and as a larger denomination, fulfilling our purpose to build God's kingdom here on earth. We are continuing our Lenten small group studies. Um, the one that I lead will be this evening at 6 o'clock. We meet right across the hall in room 205. And then Mr. Dave Lusk's group will meet on Thursday afternoon. If you didn't make it last week, but you want to come this week, that is perfectly fine. We are studying five faithful spiritual practices. So you can jump right in at any time learning those spiritual practices. We also have some Lent service opportunities available. We are continuing to collect food items and personal need items for the Ada Food Pantry. There has been a drastic increase in the number of families that are visiting the food pantry this year, and they are specifically this week in need of shampoo and canned soup. So as you're out and about this week picking up groceries, um, of course, they'll take anything you bring, but shampoo and canned soup are the items that they're running the lowest on. And finally, Easter flower order forms. Those are also on the back music stand. Those orders are due tomorrow. So please pick them up, um, get them to me today, or make sure you drop them off in the church office tomorrow morning between 8 and 10 a.m. And we'll make sure we get those Easter flowers ordered in time. And then if you have a request um, in honor or in, more, in memory of, make sure you fill that out on the form as well. Now, friends, as we move into this time of worship, may we know that God's Spirit is already at work in this time and in this place. God's voice is speaking to us this morning. If only we will open our hearts and our ears to hear the call of our Savior. I invite you all, will you join me in an attitude of worship?
Please stand if you're able for our call to worship. God, your kingdom is among us all in surprising places. Your kingdom is here, and we gather as part of it to worship and adore you. The kingdom of God is within us all, found in the most surprising places. Hidden in everyday things of life. Here and now, let us worship God who reigns over the kingdom. Please remain standing, if you're able, to sing hymn 2009 in faith we sing hymnal. Scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. It's in your pew Bible on page 735. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountain. He sat down and his disciples came to him. He taught them saying, happy are people who are hopeless because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are people who grieve, because they will be made glad. Happy are the people who are humble, because they will inherit the earth. Happy are people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, because they will be fed until they are full. Happy are people who show mercy, because they will receive mercy. Happy are people who have pure hearts, because they will see God. Happy are people who make peace because they will be called God's children. Happy are people whose lives are harassed because they are righteous, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are you when people insult you and harass you and speak all kinds of bad and false things about you, all because of me. Be full of joy and be glad, because you have a great reward in heaven. In the same way, people harass the prophets who came before you. The word of the Lord for the people of God.
At this time, I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Caitlin shares our message today. There it goes. Good morning. <laughs> um, boys and girls, okay, so you know, if you know me, I love to teach. And so a big thing in our classroom is always words. And so I have a word for you today. The word is foundation. Who knows what a foundation is? I do. Do you? I bet you do. I bet you do. What do you think, Maddie? It is, it's the base, the, the base of a structure, usually when they're talking about building towers. So I thought, <laughs> if we're gonna do a vocabulary word, then we should probably build towers today too. So I need some construction workers. I'm gonna need a couple teams. Ooh, yes. You wanna be on one? Okay. And Haley. Oh, look, we could do, I know. What do you think? You wanna go? Harper's gonna go? Maddie, you wanna go? Okay. Let's see, we'll have Team Crumpled Rug. Okay, this looks like a great crumpled rug. And then we have Team, you guys wanna come over here? This is definitely solid. Team Solid Foundation. Okay, they're gonna build a tower as fast as they can. Are you guys ready? You each have a bag, work together as team. On your mark, get set, go. So far, so good. Look how nice and tall this is. I mean, look at them go. Over there, it's not too shabby. I know, you're welcome. You can have that drama later. <laughs> They're almost there, almost there. It looks pretty good. Ooh, well played. Nice job, give them a round of applause. Okay, you guys can have a seat. You can tell. Both teams made a tower, right? Yeah, it looks like a good tower. This one looks solid. I mean, look, it's not going anywhere. And this one over here, well, team um, Rumpley Rug, how'd you do? Was it okay? You did okay. I like it a little, you're like, eh. Why a little, eh? Was it as easy? Why do you think it wasn't so easy? Yeah, okay, so what if I told you that sometimes in life things aren't really easy and that rumpled rug really represents a few things like, um, oh golly gee willikers, you have your favorite toy is broken or you can't find your stuffed animal and so it gives you all the feels. Or ready? This is a big one in our home. Um, things don't go the way you want them to go and it gives you all of these big feelings, right? Okay, so imagine all those things are happening and, golly gee, this rug starts to wiggle a bit. Oh, it's not too bad. It's just a little problem, right? And then, well, but then someone said something mean to me, and so, oh, golly gee. Now my tower is just a hot mess express. It's all over the place. But what about this one over here? Well, problems happen, right? Okay, okay, okay. The person said something mean to you. Why is it not going? Um, what about you can't find your favorite toy? It's still there. Perfectly built the way it was intended. Okay, so what if I say that that solid foundation is the reading in the Bible? It's the praying. It's the listening in church. It's the, ready for this one? Obeying your parents. <laughs> It's a boom, it's a big one. It's a big theory, guys and girls, I know. So I have to tell you, in the Bible it tells us that when we focus on those things, when we focus on reading the Bible and learning about um, God, that when we have hard times, 
Look what's still standing. Our tower, our bodies, our minds, our good mindset. And so that means that when we focus on all the good and the love that Jesus has for us, that we can still stand strong. And so that's what I want you to remember this week as we go about our days and the sun starts to shine a bit more. When things get rough and tough, it's okay because we have our strong foundation in the Lord. And that's what we want to celebrate today. So will you pray with me, please? Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help us to remember the more we focus on you, the stronger our faith will be, even in the hard times. Amen. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew again, chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against that house. It didn't fall because it was firmly set on bedrock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like a fool who built a house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against that house. It fell and it was completely destroyed. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them like somebody, someone with authority, and not like their legal experts. The word of the Lord for the people of God. So before I get started, I've got to point out, do you notice the new addition to our focal point this Lent? Rocks, build on the bedrock. All right, I've got to make the connection just in case anyone's tired this morning. Today, friends, marks roughly the halfway point in our Lenten journey. We began on the banks of the Jordan River with Jesus' baptism and the voice of God blessing him for the ministry upon which he was about to embark. Then immediately following his baptism, you'll remember Jesus was led by the Spirit into the Judean wilderness where he fasted and was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. This was a time of preparation that he underwent And it's become the origin of this season that we call Lent. This is our season of preparation, of fasting, of self-examination. And then last week, we found ourselves following Jesus into the villages, the village of Nazareth and Capernaum, where his ministry of healing began. And it wasn't long before word started to spread about this man. A man claiming to be the anointed one. Claiming to be the fulfillment of prophecy. Claiming to be the Messiah. Jesus was drawing crowds. It was causing a stir. As the scripture tells us, he taught and he preached with authority unlike anything they had heard before. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. But just as they thought they knew where this whole thing was going, something happened. Something different. Something unexpected happened. So a a year or so ago, my family started a new tradition of sorts. 
Whenever we get together with my parents and my sister and my nephews, we all gather around a table and we play a game called being boozled. Have you heard of this game? Being boozled, the kids love it, the adults hate it. So if you don't know this game, it involves eating jelly beans. Sounds fun, right? But these are not regular jelly beans. In every pack, there are actually sets of matching jelly beans. One of them a delicious flavor, like pomegranate or peach or buttered popcorn or toasted marshmallow. But then there is also an identically colored jelly bean that has a more unique flavor. Perhaps a flavor like rotten egg, canned dog food, stink bug, or a personal favorite for my children, vomit. <sighs> they label it as barf up there, but either way, you get the point. Now, I don't know what team of chemists decided that creating vomit-flavored jelly beans was their mission in life, but they succeeded. Yeah, if you can't read those flavors, um, let me know afterwards. I don't know that I can say all those words in church, but they're gross. <laughs> so you pick up a jelly bean, perhaps that bright orange one with speckles on it, and you're expecting a sweet taste of pomegranate or maybe a Georgia peach, and you bite into it, and suddenly your taste buds are shocked by a surprisingly accurate taste of vomit. And then this happens, your face looks like this. <laughs> or maybe like this. I had to pick on my mom and Harper because they make the best facial expressions. And they always seem to pick just the right or the wrong jelly bean. Now my jelly bean story has a point. You see, that day on the hill, as the people gathered in close to hear Jesus teach, he started by saying, blessed are those. They thought they knew what was coming next. You see, beatitudes were a very common form of speech in that day. And a beatitude was and is a blessing. It is a pronouncement of God's favor. So as Jesus began with what was a beatitude, blessed are those. They knew what was coming. They knew what they expected. They had heard these before. So they leaned in, expecting the familiar, sweet-tasting morsel but instead, Jesus' words hit differently. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are persecuted. I can almost imagine their faces puckering up in disbelief and disgust. That's not right. It's not what they were expecting. And who is he kidding? The poor, the meek, those who mourn and are persecuted. Are they blessed? Those are the people we avoid. They are not the ones we call blessed. It didn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. That is not how the world works. The rich, the powerful, the famous, those are the blessed. And then just to top it off, perhaps make that taste in their mouth a little more bitter. Notice his words are past tense. Suddenly they realize, and maybe so do we, that Jesus wasn't prescribing something. He wasn't giving the church homework or a to-do list that we as Christians need to complete in order to be blessed. He was actually performing a blessing. 
Right there on that hillside, he was raising his hand over those who had been forgotten, pushed aside, those who had lost hope, those whose hearts were heavy with grief. He was raising his hand over the poor, the meek, the persecuted, and saying, you belong to God. You are beloved by God. God bless you. And suddenly everything they thought they knew about God and God's kingdom, who's in and who's out, it was flipped on its head. The Beatitudes are often called the great reversal for this very reason. Jesus took these rigid, exclusionary understanding of the law and faith, and he turned it upside down. And in a very real way, he was pointing to those sitting off to the side, those on the margins, those with their heads bowed down and their hearts wounded. He was pointing to them, and he was literally blessing them. And do you know why this is so upside down and backwards? Because they had not earned his blessing. So often that's why you would go to the temple to bring a sacrifice to earn a blessing. But this day, these people, they didn't deserve his blessing. Nonetheless, he stretched out his hand and he spoke a blessing upon them. As the Reverend David Losey explains, the very people that society would never consider blessed. On that hillside and even now, Jesus is demonstrating that God regularly and relentlessly shows up. God shows up where we least expect God to be in order to give us freely what we can neither earn nor achieve for ourselves. Blessedness. I'm convinced that that was the moment Jesus revealed God's kingdom to us. Then over the next several years of his ministry and his life, The gospel authors tell us that Jesus spoke about God's kingdom more than 100 times. And while I have no doubt that God's kingdom is a future reality, and we trust that we will see it as we pass from this life to the next, Jesus' teachings that day, actually, the Sermon on the Mount spans clear through Matthew 7. I didn't know if you'd want to sit and listen to Matthew 4, 5, 6, and 7 today. But all through those teachings, he's making it clear that God's kingdom is also very much a present reality. And I know I've said it before and will continue to say it. I think too often we get caught up in hoping for the future kingdom. Forgetting to live out the call that God has placed upon us in the present kingdom. As Christians, we often emphasize the necessity of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ which is an important part of our faith. But if you read the Gospels closely, Jesus was actually much more concerned with inviting people to become his followers. As Reverend Adam Hamilton writes, when Jesus approached the fishermen on the shore, he did not say to them, accept me into your hearts. He said, come and follow me. Put one foot in front of another and follow me. You see, one puts the emphasis on later, on what is to come. But come and follow me is present, it's now, it's our call on this earth in God's present kingdom. 
And so I have to ask, as people of faith sitting in church pews on a Sunday morning, calling ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, are we building God's kingdom? The already kingdom and the not yet kingdom. The present kingdom and the future kingdom. Are we building God's kingdom? Last week, we talked about Jesus' healing ministry. And I think we realized that sometimes we use Jesus as an excuse for our own responsibility. We say things like, I can't heal people. I can't resurrect anyone from the dead. So it's not my responsibility. But we're reminded we are anointed and empowered by the same spirit that anointed and empowered Jesus Christ. We can bring healing to this world. So maybe the same is true of blessings. <clears throat> There's a story that I, I heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story goes that there was a group of elementary school teachers and they were told at the beginning of the school year that certain children in their classes were gifted, regardless of whether those children actually were gifted or not. Can you guess what happened by the end of the school year? All of those children that were labeled as gifted were scoring off the charts. The students became who the teachers believed them to be. What if the same is true in God's kingdom? What if we start seeing people as blessed by God, as kingdom dwellers here and now? Maybe that's exactly who they will become. And maybe this work of blessing is also our call. Our call in this new kingdom reality. I know we aren't there yet. The world is far from perfect and God's kingdom still feels so far off. But what if we can begin to hear Jesus' blessings as hope for a new reality? A new foundation upon which we are building the kingdom now. We aren't there yet. But now we know the direction we need to go. Maybe that's our call and our work this Lenten season to offer God's blessing in the most unexpected places to the most unexpected people. Maybe we will see God's kingdom here, now simply by reaching out to bless. Bless us, O oh God, so that in blessing others, we may always seek to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
Thank you to Scott and to our bell choir. This morning, as we prepare to share in our communion liturgy, reflecting on our own brokenness and blessing, I want to offer to you these words written by Reverend Nadia Boltz Weber. Nadia is a, um, what I would call, rough around the edges pastor. If you ever look, up, look her up, spiky hair, tattoos, but she's reached a group of people that are those very ones who have been pushed to the edge. And so I offer her words to you this morning. She writes, if you are here today, mourning, feeling forsaken, abused, unseen, or no longer useful, if you, perhaps like myself, are all too aware that it is not your strength and virtue that qualify you to be called a saint, but your need for a God who makes beautiful things out of the dust, then this meal is for you. And it is much for we who believe we have no need for it as it is for we who believe we are not worthy of it. And know that it is not your responsibility, your ability to do for yourself, but your hunger that qualifies you to be fed. For it is a beatitude meal, broken, blessed, and given for the body of Christ. So as you come, behold who you are. And as the blessings Jesus pronounced on the mount so long ago, know that it is here that you become what you receive. Now I invite you, will you join along with Pastor Ruth and I as we share the liturgy of Holy Communion. Friends, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and seek to grow into his likeness. So let us draw near with faith. Let us make our humble confession and prepare to receive this holy sacrament. Merciful, Merciful God, God, we confess that we have not, not loved, loved you, you with, with our, our whole heart. heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, you made us in your image to love and to be loved. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remains steadfast. By the suffering, death, and resurrection of your only Son, Jesus Christ, you delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And for all these things, with all the people of earth and all the company of heaven, we praise God's name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When you gave your son to save us from sin, your spirit, O God, led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during the 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant 
by water and the Spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to God, broke the bread, then he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Then when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God. He gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. And we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ, Christ has, has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I'll remind you, as I do each time we partake in the sacrament of Holy Communion, that as United Methodists, we believe Christ's table is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church. You don't have to have it all figured out or have it all together, but simply come with a seeking heart. Come to receive the grace that God pours out on us through Jesus Christ. Not that we have earned and not that we deserve, but grace, a gift of love offered to each and every one of us. I'd like to invite our communion stewards forward Pastor Ruth and I will serve our stewards. They will proceed to the four corners. And once they are in place, you are invited, as you feel led, to move to the corner nearest you to receive this gift of grace this morning.
as we reflect upon the blessing that God has poured out on us, the blessing that God has spoken in our midst today. We also consider the ways that we are being called to be kingdom builders here and now. So as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings today, may we also know that our very lives are a blessing. Our very lives are the way that we are called to offer ourselves so that all may come to know the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I invite you to rise as you are able as we sing together the words of our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. seated. Now as we enter into a time of prayer, may we come with open hearts and open ears. May we come lifting our needs, lifting one another to the ears of God, but may we also come listening for the voice of God. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Mighty and merciful God, you are the creator of all things. Our very life depends on you moment by moment. You give us the breath in our lungs. And we respond with songs of praise and hymns of adoration. You hold our lives in your hand, O oh Father. You catch us when we stumble. And now we have come into your presence today seeking a few moments of quietness in a busy world that constantly demands our attention. And so we pray that you will move in our midst today, that we will feel your spirit alive and at work. We bow our hearts before you, confident in your promises and your blessings. We acknowledge that you have called us to live your upside-down and present kingdom. But too often, O oh Lord, we hide ourselves away, apathetic to the needs of our neighbor and our world. Forgive us. Forgive us for choosing to be complacent. Forgive us when you have called us to be your voice in this world and we remain silent. Forgive us when you call us to be your hands in this world and we keep them hidden. Forgive us when we try to make your message and your call more comfortable. Forgive us and strengthen us as we set our faces now toward Jerusalem. Fill us with the power of your spirit as we seek to follow in your footsteps in the days ahead. And now, almighty God, assured of your presence among us, we lift our prayers for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We continue to lift up Patsy Evans as she's still recovering from a partial hip replacement. We pray for your healing. God, give Patsy strength and perseverance as she continues to regain her mobility. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Dan Sutherland as he continues to recover from a pulmonary embolism. May your healing hand continue to be at work. 
May you give strength and peace to his family and friends. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Judy McCurdy as she is dealing with immense pain from her bone cancer. Lord, we pray for your hand of comfort to rest upon her. May your spirit be at work bringing healing and the assurance that you are always by her side. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up Barb Vivian, Donna Burkhart, Lynn Cole, Linda Epley, Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen, Carol Lobenhofer, Jean Smith, and Hilda Mumaw. Oh God, may your spirit fill each of these hearts with strength and comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now, in a moment of silence, we come lifting those unspoken prayers that lie on our hearts today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Almighty and merciful God, we pray that in this very moment you will shake us of our complacency, that you will inspire and empower us to live with compassion and mercy in this world. Give us the courage to follow in the footsteps of Christ even when the path is uncertain even when it leads in unexpected directions. For you have called us to bless those who the world has pushed aside. You have called us to bring your kingdom near. You have called us to live on earth as it is in heaven. And so we lift our hearts today. We give our lives for the building of your kingdom here and now. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as a people of God, forgiven, redeemed, blessed by our very Creator, may we stand and sing together our closing hymn, Number 110, a mighty fortress is our God. Please rise as you are able.
you go forth from this place today as builders of God's upside-down kingdom, where the last are first and the first are last, where our hope is built on solid ground and where there is grace enough for all. May the blessing of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit surround you and sustain you now and forever. Amen.